Hi guys, it's Alexis. And Sally, welcome to the new tab. Thank you again for joining us on this uh, lovely, well for us it's a Saturday. Yeah, and it's raining out. Yes, but it's still lovely nonetheless. It is, because we're together. And uh, we are recording in my second home, my HoneyBook home, in one of our offices. Uh, I gave Sally a tour of the office. This is an incredible space. Um, If you check out their website, because I know that there are like there are pictures of the space there, and if you ever have the opportunity, come to this office because it is beautiful. Swing by. Uh, We're definitely hiring as well, so you can also find that um, on our website. But you know, this conversation I think is a good thing to have in this office because we're going to be talking about um, tech. Yeah, and um, the F word. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, failure. Right. Not the other one. Yeah. You dirty-minded people. We can talk about that one at a different time. Yes, but this <laughs> one is, is going to be about failure. So, Sally, just to kick it off, what does failure mean to you? Um, I mean, it means a lot to me right now because I feel like I've – this is going to sound – more emo than I intend it to or whatever, but, like, I feel like I've been going through a lot of failure lately, um, and just, like, with work and, like, you know, positions not working out and companies not working out, and, um, I was reading this New York Times article earlier in the week, um, I think it came out last weekend about failure in Silicon Valley, and, um, it just got me thinking, like, Oh, okay, it's, it's called, called uh, what, it, what It's Really Like to Risk It All in Silicon Valley. And it just got me thinking about, like, in tech, I think that there's, like, failure is sort of, like, prized. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a lot of weird, like, kind of macho bravado that comes from the idea of failing. It's like, yeah, I failed, but then, like, I did this, and it was great. But, mm-hmm. like, I feel like that doesn't really capture the nuance of it Mm -hmm. and I think that the article did a really good job of um kind of like going through this one woman's personal journey with failure and um so why don't you explain so uh the writer Claire Miller follows this woman named Natalie Miller um and through her journey of 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 trying to start her own startup um in the recruiting space and like the struggles that she goes through both personally and professionally. Right. Um, because it's it's even more, it's quite interesting. Um, when I was reading and skimming the article, she left Instacart, which is currently now worth $2 billion. Um, so she had something very secure, right? Mm-hmm. Very secure, very tangible. And, on and she top was of an that, early employee. And she's an early employee, which presumably, yeah, she was the 20th employee which means, you know, her equity must have been fantastic. Um, and on, t- on top of all this, she's also eight months pregnant. Um, so there's a lot of personal and professional balances and nuances, and, and she decided to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, so And, like, so the desire to leave something and, like, do your own thing is something that really resonates with me because, like, my long-term goal is to start my own business. Um, but you know, spoiler alert, like the, in the article, she ultimately doesn't succeed in launching her company. Um, and so that just got me thinking, like, I feel like we all take our work so personally Mm -hmm. and I don't know. I thought it was just something that I wanted to talk about. Um, yeah. What do you think about failure? For me, failure has, um, a lot of parts to it because I, 
could be doing really, really well professionally, um, but my personal life could be failing. Mm -hmm. um, I could be doing fine in my personal life, but not feeling really fulfilled in my professional. So maybe that's a failure. And it's difficult because, so for me, I've, I've transitioned into um, a new role here at HoneyBook and it's exciting, but it's scary because I, I'm reinventing myself. And that seems to also be a theme when you're growing yeah. in a company and, and you're scaling. You know, you can, you can stay in a role and kind of continue with it and kick butt with it. Or you can grow and evolve yourself. And right now, I'm in that stage of growing my myself and my skill sets. And I'm scared. I'm scared that I'm not going to do well in this new role. I'm scared that I'm going to let a lot of people down. Um, but I know I'm also someone who failure scares me, but fail failure motivates me. Mm -hmm. Because I'm someone that gets bored once I've mastered something yeah. and so once I've mastered it I I start losing interest I'm bored and then I'm not my best self and then I don't feel good about myself because I'm not too I'm, I'm not productive any longer mm -hmm. so it, it's hard and I think um for me right now failure with the role is is very um weighing heavy but I just wake up every morning feeling grateful and that sounds so cheesy I know it sounds so cheesy like waking up every morning feeling but I do I feel grateful that I'm I was the seventh person to join here and I'm contributing and helping building a culture and a company and I feel really blessed to have this opportunity to have had this opportunity mm -hmm. um but I, I also look back at um my past roles and at other companies and I feel like you know, timing is everything. And who I was at 22 when I first entered this industry is mm -hmm. very different than who I'm going to be at, or who I am at 26, 27 years old. Um, and that type of growth is, uh, I, I can't put a price tag on it. I can't really measure it. It's just, I see it. Yeah. Um, and you know, what's, what's interesting with, with, failures in general in Silicon Valley is that um, it's exactly what you were kind of alluding to where failures are it's a blessing and you learn so much from it and something amazing happened after you failed because you built something even better or yeah. you know whatever and I think to myself well like what if that's not the case right you know like what if I were because similarly I think about being self-employed and doing my own thing, but I will soon be married. We may have kids. Like, yeah. it's not just me right. anymore, right? And I have to be cognizant and um, and just know that. So that, that's a bit of a pressure. But I, getting back to the point is I don't, I don't think that there's a lot of discussion of what happens to true failures, mm -hmm. right? When, when companies shut down, what does that look like? What does that look like for the people involved, for the money that was invested? Like, what does that look like for, for all people? And it's hard for me to, to want to take that leap and mm -hmm. do my own thing because I know it's not um, 
an easy task to, to run a company. I know it is not an easy task to be CEO. Um, many of my mentors who are CEOs have told me it's the loneliest job you can have. Yeah. I don't know if I want to be lonely, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. I like um, being around people and being free to be honest. And I think as a CEO, there's a lot of filtering yes. that has to be done. And that's scary. And I think as I grow and mature, I'm sure I, I would be able to do that. But I tend to be, as you guys know, as, as our listeners, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm a faucet of thoughts. And I, I, it's very hard <laughs> for me to just say, okay, you know, cut it off. You yeah, know, yeah. like, don't be real anymore. Um, not to say that CEOs aren't real, but they, they have to filter themselves. Yeah, they, they, have have to, to, they have to be the cheerleader for the company, and right. they have to have a positive face, because if the CEO doesn't have a positive face... Then everyone's running for the host. Yeah, then how do you expect your employees to come to work every day and be productive? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the flip side of that, too, is that in an early-stage company, there's a lot of shit, and it's often, like, very precarious, mm-hmm. and as someone who's been on the other side of that in a couple different situations, it would be, I I mean, I think that honesty and transparency is usually the better option. And I think that at some points it becomes more of a way to protect your own ego than to actually like Mm. foster a good company culture. And that's just me speaking from my experience, but, um, and you know, everyone is different. Every company is different, but Mm -hmm. I think, I think that there's, like honesty and transparency is a little bit undervalued and like transparency as a concept is talked about a lot and it's talked about as being something that's really valued but like what but no, no one really know or like there I don't think that there's a really good model mm-hmm. for that in practice like as a practice so here's the thing and I think transparency is right now one of those buzzwords yeah that's happening in, in, in the Valley right now. Everyone is talking about being transparent. Everyone is claiming that they are a transparent company. That's all well and good. I think I work at a relatively transparent company. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, though. There are some things I don't want to know. Interesting. I'm going to be really honest. Like there are some, There's some information that I receive from our leaders, um, from other people, that I don't think it's any of my business. And here's why. It is not my business when... It truly does not affect what the work I'm trying to do for mm-hmm. the company. And if it is, even if it's, I'm not saying like negative or positive, but if it's not really excellent, great news or whatever the case is, um, it still doesn't, like, what am I supposed to do with this information, mm-hmm. right? What action am I supposed to take? And if it's just to just have it, well, I, I didn't need it. You know, right. in my mind, I just, I didn't need it. So... Because I also think sometimes transparency can cause um, friction. I've seen it in experience in my experiences where, uh, you know, you you hear something and then you want to dig deeper and dig deeper and then you hit a wall and it's like, well, you know, we can't discuss that too much further. And it's like, okay, well then maybe we should have never talked about it. Yeah, that's from, true. From mm-hmm. the jump, and mm-hmm. so I think it's um, I think it's a difficult thing. I think transparency is good, but it's also more important where I think the person delivering the news speaks volumes. So I I agree with you. CEOs should never be the one to bear bad news. Mm-hmm. I think that's a CFO or CEO's job. Like I don't I don't think I don't think it's their job. They're the face, yeah. you know. Um, but someone has to be 
almost like the principal, mm-hmm. you know, and I see the CEO as like the really cool gym teacher, right? Like he's just <laughs> like, he, but there are people who are doing their job and doing it well and they're rallying people around them and they're inspiring and, you know, and maybe it's not a gym teacher. Maybe it's like a really cool math teacher or something. Yeah. But like my point is, is that there should always be a principal and the principal has a tendency of bringing bad news. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I really don't like the word transparency. Um, I also don't like that word. Um, I didn't know that. It's because I think right now it's, it's cool and everyone wants to be about it. I mean, yeah. I'm more interested in developing a culture of feedback. Okay. Because raw, real time, significant feedback is what grows me as an individual Mm -hmm. it's what grows anyone in my opinion as an individual so if you cannot take the heat in the kitchen you should get out yeah and if you are not critical of yourself and the work that you are doing and critical of others and the work that they are doing I don't see that much value in you right because you're just kind of living just to live Um, and in startups you need that friction you need that debate um, because we don't want to be a bunch of yes men. We don't want that group think situation happening. Um, do you think of then transparency as kind of a top down idea and like feedback being like the more two way? Yes, absolutely. Street of like flip side of that, I guess. Absolutely, because I think, I mean, I have a comfortable relationship with many of our team heads, and I'm very comfortable with giving them feedback as well as receiving it from them. I'm comfortable giving feedback from, or my other counterparts. Um, I think transparency is a way to make sure everyone feels like they're in the loop, is a way to make sure that um, information is is given, but sometimes that information is um, really, I think it's really complicated, and I think Mm -hmm. it's really at sometimes no one's business, especially if you're trying to get your ducks lined up in a row. Right, so there's there's a level of transparency where I would rather know the full. I'm a I'm a contextual person, mm-hmm. so I want the historical information of why we got to yep. where we're at, yep. and then I want to know okay, what is Plan A to move forward? And I think if you're trying to be transparent for a transparent sake, but you don't want to, you know, give the information of how we got here, or yeah. you don't even know what Plan A is, I'm kind of not interested. Because I can't take an action off it. I'm not even sure why you're, like, what am I supposed to do with this information? Except go home and be like, well, that happened today. You know? And and to move on. I don't, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. I think, um. It's a hard balance. It's a very hard balance. This is an industry, um, that moves so rapidly. So, so rapidly. And I I just wonder if we're all moving a little too quickly, you know, and if we're learning from mistakes. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about failures, bringing it back to the original question that was posed is in your experiences, those mini failures, which ultimately could have led to a larger one, right? But those mini failures, the lessons, right? Because that's an also, that's also a big thing in in this valley is like, Oh, well, it's, it's a learning. We're learning. Well, how many? How much learning do you need to do until yeah. you know, like, you know what to do? So, did those mini failures or learnings 
were they actually actionable? Did you find success after those learnings? Um, I mean, brief answer for right now is like, no, yeah. but I'm, you know, for me personally, I'm sure that I will. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess, I guess that like my issue, like with the discussion of failure too, mm-hmm. is that I would love to see like what I really liked about that article and what I found really refreshing about it. Mm-hmm is that it actually, like, took you through the journey. Right. And it didn't gloss over it, and it didn't say, well, this shitty thing happened, Mm -hmm. but now look at where Mm -hmm. we are. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it doesn't gloss over the history. It it contextualizes it, and it does a really good job of that. And I think that there needs to be more conversations like that, talking Mm -hmm. about, like, you know, it's actually really hard to do all these things. And yeah. Um, you know, especially in a culture where we do take our work so personally. Yeah. And, like, I feel like this is something we talk about in, like, almost every episode, but Mm -hmm. um, I was thinking about it yesterday, and I was thinking about, like, well, why is it in my nature to take my work so personally? Like, what, like, what in, like, what has set me up to be this way? And I was, like, I don't know. It's, this is a half-baked theory, so right now, but mm-hmm. I want to hear what you think. Okay. Um, do you think that our liberal arts education had anything to do with that? Like taking, like setting you up to take your work really personally. Wow. Um, I never thought of that. My gut answer for me is mm-hmm. no. Interesting. It's, it's no, because I, I don't think it was my education that got me to be personal with it. I think it is, um, the timing and the positions that I've taken mm-hmm. at companies that I've, I've received a lot of responsibilities. I've received a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? But like, not leeway, but maybe it is. Um, I've, 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 re- I've received a lot of um, ability to make decisions, right? Uh-huh. And make important decisions. And so with that, that's what, I think that's the reason why I take things so personally. Because mm-hmm. when I have that type of responsibility, when I have that type of... Um, uh, everyone is kind of looking at me to to lead whatever that project is or or to be the authority in something, then that's when it's like, okay, I need to ingrain this in my blood. This needs to become my DNA. Like, I'm going to make this personal. Like, this is going to be me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also starting to hate that word, like, this is my baby. Like, it, but that's it's a digression. Yeah. yeah. Um, but for me, it's, but that's interesting. It's an interesting thought because I I don't know if Wheaton or any liberal arts school, maybe they maybe it is, and maybe it's more subconscious for me that like okay they they prepared me to take things personally. But I guess take things personally is I think is the wrong way to put it though to like. But to take my work, yeah, like it's like to take my work to, to like your work is so much a part of your identity. Right, but I think that's a that's my personality. Mm, I don't think we okay. made that. I think anything that I touch, I'm going to want to be the best at. I'm going to want to do well in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've been that way for a very long time. I think Wheaton gave me um, an opportunity to understand, okay, these are my truths. That's that person's truth. I don't agree with all of it, but I can still work with you. Yeah. You know, like we can still make some lemonade. Um I, so yeah, but I don't, why, why do you put it with, or a liberal arts education? 
Um, I mean, that's where that's where the theory is pretty half-baked. I don't mm-hmm. have the why yet. Okay. Um, it was just, like, it's a thought that I had, and I don't know. I think, and part of my other, like, half-baked thought about it is, has something to do with, like, writing so many papers, hmm. because it's, like, it's literally, like, you and a thing, and, like, that's your work, mm-hmm. and you have to stand by it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so I feel like it fostered a sense of like identifying really strongly with your work yes and that becoming like the default of how you approach something and because that is the default of how I approach something like my work is going to be part of me and it's going to be especially when you're thinking about or when you're talking about or reflecting on writing your thesis right yeah that was a part of you that Mm -hmm. that was um and with that argument yes I I could definitely see that um trying to think it's that's a tough one that's a tough one for me to wrap my mind around because I I I think a liberal arts education has has done me really well but it also hasn't done me that great either like if I if I think about the the type of obstacle that I'm looking to get over um within the next quarter or so Mm -hmm. um you know what I'm really upset about what I don't know how to use a spreadsheet Yes, I've been thinking about that too. I really wish that we had had like I don't know anything. Yeah. I don't know formulas. I don't know like I don't and I bought, you know, Excel for dummies, but I don't even have Excel on my laptop, so I really didn't think <laughs> that one through. And then I'm reading like Google's, you know, support site for how to use yeah. the Google spreadsheet. But, I'm but like, like Google spreadsheets is totally different from Excel, oh, which is stupid it's totally and tangent, different. And but it's, it's like, how do I freeze, you know, a column and yeah. why do I need it frozen? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, and by the way, it's through the view tab. Um, <laughs> it took me. The, not the new tab, but the view the, tab. Right, the view tab. Um, but I, I figured it out um, by Googling. Yeah, no, I mean, no, I'm in the same boat too. And I'm like yeah. taking a Skillshare class about, or like a series of Skillshare classes about right. how to use Excel. And this is the thing, right? We're people where we're not comfortable and not knowing something, so you you join a Skillshare class, I go and hunt for the answer, and I learn from it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that I'm learning fast enough. I hope that I'm moving fast enough. Um, but I'm scared. I'm scared that I'm not. Yeah. Um, and I, I really, on top of failure, on top of, um, you know, thinking about the tech industry, I think about um, being a woman and being a black woman in this industry and thinking to myself, um, whatever my next steps are, whatever my steps are currently, I, I'm sure, I, I feel as though it's not just for me, it's for the next generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been a huge supporter, huge supporter in mentorship programs. I've had mentors throughout my entire life, um, and I've mentored young girls since I guess I could talk. Um, so for me, I, I'm in this road of thinking of who I am and what I'm doing and how to in, um, share that with other, you know, black women, and especially little black girls. Um, there are things that I regret where you know, I should have taken that computer science course, right? Or I should have um, 
I should go back to speak at my middle school or, or high mm-hmm. school or things like that. And I, I still can. I can definitely still do all that. But I think it's right now I'm in a stage of wanting to be the best I want to be, being very scared at failing, but really wanting to give back. Um, I really want to because I think it's so important um, to share that knowledge, right? Yeah. And, and to, to be – a role model. I mean, I am a huge Kardashian fan. You know this. Mm-hmm. I love Kim. I mean, I love the Kardashians too. I, I love them, but yeah. they're not role models. I mean, they are, but they aren't, right? Mm-hmm. For successful business owners, nailed it. Um, but not everyone's going to have a reality TV show. Right. That's not that's not the way the world works. Um, you cannot be, and this upsets me, and this is a digression, but whatever. You cannot be an Instagram star forever. No. Get it through your head. Like, it really <laughs> bothers me. It really, really bothers me because this is not this is not the world I signed up for, for this, like, half-baked scheme of, oh, I'll wear these brands and look really sexy in a photo and I'll, like, do this forever. No, bro. Your body is going to change. This is not going to last forever. Like... Stop it, you know, go to school, go to school, go, go into the workforce, like become a manager, do whatever you want to do, but like, be realistic. Mm -hmm. You have to have a plan B. And I think that's what's frustrating for me is there are a lot of young girls out here just like, not willing to put in the work, you know, not willing to and maybe, maybe I'm being too harsh. Frankly, I don't care. But it just doesn't make sense. You know, it, it truly doesn't make sense to me. So I want to be a better mentor and I want to help others. Um, so that that's where I'm at. The failure thing, I think, um, you know, I've been meditating and praying a lot. Like a lot more. Yeah. A lot more. Because I feel like I can't, I, I have to like send it, send whatever I'm feeling out there. Yeah. And like maybe someone, some god whoever will take care of things you know why are you laughing because oh my god you're so california right now no i'm not yeah you're putting it out there and whatever it is ew (laughs) sorry i just had to make fun of you for that i want to kill myself now i literally just want to die no i'm not Um, california this is not a california i'm insulted by that <laughs> it sounded very Californian from where I'm sitting, well, which is not, right next to you. But I'm not asking for good vibes. Like I never <laughs> said to you, send me good vibes. Yeah, no, I just say that to you and you yeah. kinda laugh at and me. And I'm like, okay. Boom, there it is. Yeah. There's the vibe. <laughs> Did you feel it? You yeah, feel I it? felt it. <laughs> oh my god. But no, I I think there there's something is there something to it? Mm-hmm. Um there's also something to uh Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to interrupt you. Go ahead. Um, no, I was just going to say there's something to writing it out. Mm-hmm. So I've yes. had a, um, a journal yes. of my HoneyBook journey since I started. And it's interesting rereading some of my old you know, journal entries and writing things down today. I, I see there's tremendous growth, but fear of failure is always at the underbelly. Yeah. It's always underlining. and It's like the flame under your butt. Yeah, and I, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing because um, I think I tweeted this the other day 
like the key to success is oh, yeah. to always stay hungry, never get stuffed. Because mm-hmm. I think I really believe that. I really believe that once you get stuffed, once you get content, where's the incentive to grow? You yeah. know, where's the incentive yeah. to keep hustling? And like I, for all intents and purposes, always want to stay starving. Like mm-hmm. I want to be hungry. Yeah, isn't that the Steve Jobs quote? Like, stay hungry, stay foolish, or something. Sure. And maybe Sounds it's good. probably not Steve Jobs. It could be because that doesn't Jobs. sound like him. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Some some tech guy said that once. Yeah. Um, Should I Google the quote? Yeah, know. maybe real quick. Okay. <laughs> um, um, but what were you going to say? Oh, I was just um, going to say um, that I think a big part of it also is being self-aware. Yes. Yes. I agree. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, and because... I, if you don't know who you are, mm-hmm. then why are you doing what you're doing? Mm-hmm. And if you, I don't know, it's. I, I want to even take that a step yeah, further. Go for it. If you don't know what your strengths are, yeah. your superpower is, and our Oz says this all the time, he always goes, whatever your superpower is, take it and run. You know, like that is what you should be doing. That's what's going to like make you truly successful. Because, and I've, I've done. Uh, or I've read these these books on um, just amplifying your strengths mm-hmm. and not really worrying about your weaknesses. You really can't change a weakness. Yeah. In my I, I don't think you can. Okay. Um, so your energy and power should be strengthening your strengths because those are the things that are going to propel you further. Those are the things that are going to make you attractive in the job market. Those are the things that are going to make you excel at your job even better and faster than you probably realize mm-hmm. um and being self-aware yeah of those things are important yeah and it's like one of those things where when you're like laying in bed before you fall asleep at night or something or like right when you wake up in the morning like in those like really vulnerable moments if you don't know who you are hmm. then what not what's the point but like I think then you, like you have work to do you know uh, when did you discover who you were? I mean, I don't know. I feel like I've always been really self-aware. Me too. Um, I've never understood the concept of going to find yourself. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I've never, I've never understood that. Ever. Yeah. Like, what, I, how hard is it to look in the mirror? Like, yeah. there you are. And Ta-da! To like, yeah, and to just, like, sit and, like, think, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think, I think for me, it was almost the opposite. I always knew who I was, and I just had to become confident in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I've always known who I am, relatively confident in that. There were moments of shakiness when I would meet people who were loudly and aggressively like, I don't like you. Mm-hmm. Because I'd never been told that to my face. And so in my head, I'm like, well, what, who am, like, what am I doing that's so unlikable? Or like, who are you to even, yeah, like, think I want to be your friend? You know? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. It, 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 those instances were kind of like, oh, okay wow, you're, I'm literally not going to be liked by everyone. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel really, I mean, Drake said it best, no new friends. And mm-hmm. I'm really... Also, fuck a fake friend where your real friend's at. 
Mm-hmm. But with all that, it's but it, it's it's good. It's that good confrontation. Mm-hmm. I think because I think also you may not like me, but if we have to work together, we have to work together. Yeah. You know, and that's when I actually think really great magic could happen yeah. because there's that yeah. tension and that like that discomfort. Yeah. And you're going to get it done. You're yeah. going to get it done really fast. And you're probably going to get it done with really great input from each other. Yeah, because you literally give no fucks. And so there's right. nothing there's on nothing. the table except for the success of, like, right. this separate entity. Right, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I've always been self-aware. And I don't – not everyone is, though. I know. And it's crazy to realize that. It's sad. It is. It's sad. It's very sad. But I think it's also – for me, my self-awareness, definitely, I can pinpoint it. It came from my upbringing. Mm-hmm. My parents were not the type of parents where if there was a confrontation at school, they didn't automatically side with me, especially my mother. She was like, well, what did you do wrong? Mm-hmm. And it was always kind of, I, because she was that type of mother, I always had to think of, um, you know, what was my responsibility? Like, how am I accountable to this fight, right? Or, or to this conflict? And how could I have done better? You know, and being the bigger person, sometimes, sometimes not. Um, and it's standing by it, right? Like, if there was a fight, I mean, I remember a fight in sixth grade, and like, I had to stand by my actions. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of responsibility at, what, how old are you in sixth grade? Um, 12? 11. 11? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. Um, but it makes you more mature. Mm-hmm. I can't stand, like, young kids that don't. Yeah, people who are, are, like, babied. wishy-washy. Yes, and, like, babied. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Like, life is, but I also think that's the black experience. Interesting. I didn't have. At a very young age, I was called the N-word, and mm-hmm. I had to deal with it. And I, I saw at a young age that the world is not pretty, not everyone thinks you're great, and nothing is going to be handed to you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. Things will be faster taken away from you than they will ever be handed to you. Um, and I think that's the black experience. I think, um, and I was just talking to Dave about this last night, where... It was surprising to me how many people of color at Wheaton were shocked or uncomfortable at the fact that they were the only person of color in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like, well, duh. You know, like, why Why would I? I was shocked when there were like two or three of us. I was like, geez, this is, this is diversity in the making. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it was crazy. Yeah. But... On the flip side, if you if you don't have that exposure and, and you're also not fully aware of the environment you're about to step into, it's very hard. Mm-hmm. It's very, very hard. And I think that's the key, being aware of the environment. Yeah. I mean, I knew – I researched all of my colleges. My parents didn't know what colleges I was applying to until I asked for a check. Like, I needed checks to send the applications yeah, yeah, yeah. out, right? Um, and – I knew they were all, they were all white schools, you know, predominantly yeah, yeah, yeah. white. And I remember, in my senior year, my guidance counselor was like, "Well, maybe you should. These are really, you know, hard schools to get into. Maybe you should apply to like Howard." 
that's like one of the best schools in the country though howard is great yeah but why do i need to apply to howard exactly like what what about oh i'm black yeah yeah Yeah, no no. go fuck yourself yeah if you had wanted to do that you would have done that right like it would have been on my roster no i showed you seven schools they were all in massachusetts that's where i wanted to be Mm -hmm. i don't i didn't want to go to howard i didn't want to go to spelman um and i think those are excellent schools i part of me kind of wishes i had experienced that that would have been really different and awesome but like no bro you don't just assume i should be going there or applying to those schools yeah and statistically, I don't know if I would have gotten in. Right. Like, the, it is, they're They're all really rigorous competitive. Schools. Like, yeah. I don't know if I would have gotten in, but I knew I could definitely get into Wheaton. Yeah. 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 That was an easy numbers game. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a safety, but I knew, like, there, there's yeah, a probably. Really, yeah. 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 But anyway. Yeah. Um, we went a lot of places in this conversation. Uh, but we tend to do so. I know. But, um... All I will say for our listeners is follow Alexis on Instagram. Yes. No. Yes. Obviously. But um, more importantly, when it, I, I think when it comes to failure, um, you take it in stride. Mm-hmm. Take it one step at a time. And then what I'm learning and feedback that I've received is you're probably least likely to fail if you communicate more with the people around you. Ooh. And I'm very insular, especially when it's, I get a project. I'm like, I own this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to figure it all out on my own. No, sometimes you need to talk it out. Sometimes you need, yeah. you know, just a spot check. Um, so communicating, you know, because I, I think there are safety nets all around us, but we don't want to yeah. take them. We yeah. don't realize it. Yeah, safety nets are so crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. They're key. They're key. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm Alexis. I'm Sally. Thanks for listening. Um, if you have any thoughts or feedback, we'd love to hear it. Email us at thenewtabpod at gmail.com or tweet at us at thenewtab. Or um, or follow us on Instagram, um, underscore officially Alexis Jenkins. Or no, officially underscore Alexis <laughs> Jenkins. I always mess it up. <laughs> and I'm C. Sally. Um, but thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks for listening. Um, We'll see you next time.